Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. time in history is we have 7.7 trillion dollars worth of economic events that are going to hit america in the gut this is an economy of one with gary rathbun president and ceo of private wealth consultants the free market voice free market voice of the u.s enhancing and protecting private wealth gary rathbun has over 30 years of experience in making the best choices for you to keep more of what you earn it's life liberty and the pursuit of self-reliance an economy of one with gary rathbun greetings and welcome again to an economy of one i am your host gary rathbun i got some interesting stuff for you today and before we go I'm going to tell you where to pick up some McDonald's French fries for only $166 a bag. But you got to wait for it. I'll tell you that later. You know, as we go through the presidential debates and start seeing the campaigns shape up and shake out, if you will, there seems to be one one theme that is very clear on each side, and that is taxes tax reform bernie sanders is totally unashamed to say he wants the the tax rate to go up to 70 percent or more on the rich well as we've seen before they redefine rich over and over and over again and define it down on the republican side we're seeing a lot of different tax reduction or tax rate reduction programs out there Ted Cruz wants a a flat tax plan. It's essentially 10% tax rate on wage earners and 16% on businesses. Now, that sounds good, but he's eliminating all deductions. This goes clear back. You remember the old days? My goodness, back in, in the early 80s when Steve Forbes was running for president. He, he had a flat tax plan that you file your taxes on a postcard. I... Don't think that's a bad idea. Rand Paul, also flat tax, 14.5% for his. Who else? I think Dr. Ben Carson has a uh, lower tax bracket rate. And, and, of course, Hillary wants to go up to higher taxes and, and even up to, I think, 40, 44% tax on capital gains investment income. So that's... That's over a hundred percent increase in capital gains taxes. I think capital gains now are around twenty percent for the high income people. So it, it boils down to that's the difference on the Democratic side 
Everybody wants to raise taxes. They want to tax the rich. On the Republican side, everybody wants to lower the the tax rates. So I, I think that's going to be one of the main divisive choices that we have in the next election. Now, what comes of that is very important because the rich, like I said, gets defined down. Taxes are going to fall on the middle class. The bulk of taxes will come out of the middle class. Now, it's interesting, you look at Bernie Sanders, he wants to go back into the 70s and have a 70% tax bracket. Now, back then, the government got 19% of its revenues from the rich. And we'll define the rich as those who fell into that 70% tax bracket. Today, with the top rate being around 40%, the government gets 36% of its income from the rich. Almost twice as much. This is the the definition of the Laffer curve. Art Laffer developed this analogy on a chart that as you lower tax rates, revenues will go up to the government. Now, you can't take that to the extreme and lower tax rates to zero and have unlimited money going to the government. But there is a, a point where lowering the tax rates increases the revenue, and it's evidenced here. You raise the tax rate back up to 70%, I guarantee you that the rich will pay less in taxes and the government will get less revenue. And I find it interesting that some of the candidates, uh, I think Donald Trump said this, that he's going to raise taxes on the rich and he's going to cost himself a fortune. Well, you know, Don, if you want to give more money to the government, all you got to do is write a check. They'll take it. President Obama has said he, he's going to pay higher taxes. Warren Buffett says he pays less taxes than his secretary. Well, that's not quite true because Warren doesn't take much in income. He takes it all in capital gains. So he's talking about rate, not dollars. But once again, any of these people, if they want to pay more in taxes, go right ahead. Go ahead. The, the, the Treasury Department, the IRS will take your check and they will cash it. But why impose that attitude on me? Why force me to pay higher taxes because... You want to pay higher taxes. The Both sides know what happens when you raise tax rates. But on the left side, the Democratic side, they want more than revenue. Raising tax rates is not, has nothing to do with revenue going to the government. Nothing. They want to penalize the rich. They're still under the attitude that the wealth pie is fixed, meaning it only has a certain size. And if your piece of the pie is bigger than someone else's, then you've had an unfair advantage. You have taken that money from 
somebody else. They don't understand that the wealth pie is ever expanding. The more money in the economy that you and I have to reinvest and and build things and create things and 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 produce more product increases the wealth pie. And a very simple way of looking at it in creating wealth and in, in making the pie bigger is simply virtually any natural commodity. Take take iron ore. It's just dirt and rock. It's it's not worthless, but it's pretty close to being worthless. And then you run that through a steel mill. You you melt it down. You run oxygen through it. You add carbon to it. And suddenly the end product is worth a whole lot more than the underlying costs of the raw materials. You've made that raw material more valuable. You've increased the pie because of that. Now, I don't mind paying taxes. I understand there's a certain amount of rent that you have to pay to live in America to have some of the benefits in America. But a third of the national budget goes to entitlements. And really, the definition of an entitlement is money going to someone else who didn't earn it and didn't pay it in. So it's a redistribution, pure and simple. Pure and simple. This is what the left wants. This is what the Democrats want is redistribution. They don't care about revenue to the government. That's the last thing on their their mind. What they want is that redistribution. They want everybody to essentially suffer the same. Except for them, of course. They're, they're smarter than all the rest of us. And uh, uh, they deserve to get more because they're smarter and their leaders and, and that kind of stuff. Now, economists come out and say that the Republicans' plan will cost the government money, cost them trillions of dollars. But their models are flawed because they don't understand the growth in the economy by lowering taxes. Now, once again... I don't mind paying some tax. I don't mind paying my fair share. But when I see things like the uh, article I read this week on Medicare fraud, Medicare fraud, Medicare each year makes about $58 billion in improper payments. Their auditors that they go out and audit hospitals and doctors and that kind of stuff, uh, have recouped about $2.4 billion, okay, so a couple of percent. And now Medicare has decided to cut back on its auditors under pressure from the hospitals and the medical community. So they want to continue bilking Medicare out of billions and billions of dollars. Up next, a couple of my favorite subjects. We're going to talk about the uh, environment, climate change, if you will, 
and what's happening with the Keystone XL pipeline. We got some interesting news this week. An economy of one with Gary Rathbun. Back to An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. We got some interesting news this last week. TransCanada, that's a company that has applied for permission from the State Department to run a pipeline from Canada, specifically the tar sands of Canada, uh, right past the uh, Bakken oil fields in the United States, all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico and Texas to refineries. And it's been going on for years and years. And and President Obama has, has, uh, shall we say, just jacked around on it. He doesn't want to approve it because the environmentalists will, will raise a fuss. And he doesn't want to disapprove it because the conservatives on the other side will say, accuse him of uh, killing jobs in America and uh, wanting gasoline and energy prices to be higher, that kind of stuff. Well, apparently, TransCanada got tired of waiting. And so they withdrew their request for review of the permit. Now, that's a, a significant move, but it takes all the pressure off President Obama. He didn't want to approve it anyway. So he just got a a get-out-of-jail-free card for that. Now, he was going to sit on it, probably, until he was out of office. He wasn't going to do anything anyway. But this, now, he he can't be called uh, uh, for delaying the project. Because, well, they withdrew their app. They, They withdrew the process, so we don't have to... Uh, rule on it. So so uh, he's happy as a clam that TransCanada has uh, withdrawn their application. Now, he can, he can override that withdrawal and deny the pipeline. But that, that's kind of useless energy. That's kind of, uh, that's causing a problem for no real reason. Not that he hasn't done that before, but it's not likely he would do it again. Okay. Now, that being said, it's interesting because just a couple days ago, NASA came out and uh, they did some research over about a 20-year period or so, and they concluded that the... uh, ice shelf in Antarctica is expanding. It's expanding to the tune of 112 billion tons of ice per year. Now, that's the years between 1992 and 2001. Since then, it's gaining 82 billion tons of ice a year. Now, that's taking away 0.23 milliliters per year from oceans rising. 
I remember we had all of this about global warming and New York City is going to be underwater and and uh, the East Coast is going to be the Ohio state line now or something like that. Just not happening. Look for NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center and the University of Maryland at College Park who came out with this information. Look for them to retract this information in the near future. I, I guarantee you somebody is having a little conversation about funding or should we say lack of funding coming to their organizations. At the same time, this is beautiful, at the same time, there was an article out saying that climate change, global warming, all the flooding and all that kind of stuff is going to hit women worse than it'll hit men. Apparently, we're, we're terribly sexist, and when it comes to a limited amount of food or swimming through a flood, we let the women starve and let them drown. So is climate change's gender discrimination? That's a mouthful to say. So it reminds me of the old joke that headline in the newspaper said, huge asteroid to to, uh, hit the uh, planet Earth, destroy all life, women and children suffer most. It's just stupid. I mean, they've become a parody of themselves. Uh, Gina McCarthy, she's the uh, chief of the EPA. She came out with a brilliant plan this week. She wants to get rid of hydrofluorocarbons. Remember those? Remember those? They destroy the ozone. Remember that? that was way back in the 80s. In other words, she wants to get rid of everybody's air conditioning. She wants your air conditioners to be outlawed. And if she outlaws your air conditioners, this will will help avert a half a point, a half a degree Celsius warming of the atmosphere over the next hundred years. Now, last I saw, they couldn't predict the weather for the weekend, let alone a hundred years into the future. I find it interesting that she's touting global warming at the same time she wants to take away everybody's air conditioning. Now, this is just stupid, all about control again of your life. You can bet your bottom dollar she'll have air conditioning, that President Obama will have air conditioning. They're trying to replace it with other chemicals like ammonia and that kind of stuff that are very, very inefficient. So... uh, Keep a watch on this, but Gina McCarthy wants to get rid of your air conditioners. Up next, we're going to talk to Ken Leslie. He's with an organization called Veterans Matter about a program he's got coming up this Veterans Day. You won't want to miss that. Gary Rathbun, an economy of one. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. Joining me now is Ken Lisley. He's the founder of One Matters and Veterans Matter. And they have joined up with the National Exchange Club to uh, 
help out our homeless veterans this Veterans Day. Let's talk a little bit uh, about your mission and and homeless vets. That's not something we we read a lot of articles about. How many veterans do we have that are essentially homeless now? Do you know? Last count, last time they did the physical count, went out and looked, it was 49,933. Wow. But that was a year and a half ago, and, and, and they do the counts every January. These numbers haven't been released lately, and and I'm pretty sure it'll be in the in the 30s, mid to high 30s. Really, and moving forward, yeah, the government's really done a good job. I mean, you guys sitting down, uh, I am, because <laughs> the VA has a good program, and it's the HUD VASH program. Okay. Uh, we partner with them on it. HUD provides long term rental housing, so this is permanent housing, and the VA provides the social work to be able to get them back into independence and autonomy, helping them get jobs or mental health or or whatever mm-hmm. they're they're they need to be able to accomplish their goals. So it's really cool. It's got a 91% success rate keeping people housed. Wow. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, That's incredible. Now, what what does uh, Veterans Matter do? I, I, I kind of know you're helping raise money to help these veterans essentially get over the hump of the expense of moving in. Right, right. right. The, the thing is, HUD provides all of the rent, but homeless veterans don't have the deposit. Okay. And, and, you know, I know a lot of working people that couldn't afford a deposit for for places. Mm-hmm. So I found I was doing a blitz with the VA. We go to different woods and, and abandoned buildings and look for people who are unhoused in different cities. And we were doing one here in Toledo. And I was doing with Sean Dowling. And she told me about this HUD bash program. Great program. And I'm like, you know, BS. So um, so it's BS, right? So it was a bunch of uh, because my buddy Roger wasn't housed. Mm-hmm. And and she said, uh, it's because he didn't have the deposit. And I said, so if I wrote a check for $600 right now, how soon could he be housed? And she said, immediately. And I, so I said, well, how many veterans do you have this problem? And she said, well, you have 35 vouchers coming into town. I said, what do you do when you don't have the deposit? She goes, we take them around and everywhere we can to help them get it. And we take them to the VFW and churches and help them beg for it. Mm-hmm. And that broke my heart. So that night we created this Veterans Matter. We take care of our own, write the check straight to the landlord, 100% success rate, no chance of failure. The VA already has them with a place. Guaranteed rent, all ready to go. It's like they're standing on the front porch with the door wide open, keys in their hand, and they're just waiting for somebody to say you can cross the threshold. And we say you can cross the threshold. Now, what about deposits for like electrical and that kind of stuff? I mean, is that included in your program? No, no. We focus. We focus just on because you know when we first started, we wanted to figure out where the greatest need was, and and you know I'd been homeless at one point in my life, and I've never seen anybody die because they didn't have a couch or because they didn't have electricity. I have seen people die with their face frozen on the street because they didn't have a home. So we focus just on that. Uh, There's other programs then locally in different areas that come in and partner to bring those assets in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we just, we just take care of it. Sort of like we go in and we clear the landing zone for the veterans to be safe and stable and everybody else comes in and provides the the services. Excellent. Well, you know, it's one of those things that, Having a place to live instills a certain amount of pride versus pushing a shopping cart down the sidewalk. Oh, absolutely. And, and if you really think about us as humans, if we get sick or something is going wrong, where do we want to go? You know, we home. always go home. Absolutely. And if you don't have a home, that that just, you know, it's, it's fun to hear the stories of veterans who have been housed like uh, and the results. There was a guy down in uh, um, in Colorado Springs, actually. Mm-hmm. Had two dogs, and nobody would help him get deposits. The dogs had saved his life. He tried killing himself by drinking antifreeze, no. but the dog dragged him out in the public so somebody could find him, and he lived. So he wasn't going to go to a place without his dogs, and sure. nobody else would, would fund the dog deposits. 
So we said, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah heck yeah. Well, what, what, you know, and it's funny you mentioned that because one of our charities that uh, my company supports, my wife and I support, and this show supports is uh, Canines for Warriors. Right. And there's so many good programs out there. We have to get the word out. Yeah. And these people put their lives on the line for no money. I mean, I, I don't know what military people get paid, but it ain't enough. Right, right. You Absolutely. Know, to, to allow me to do this. I can do this every day because somebody paid the price. Right. We, um, I, I, I started telling the story earlier about one of our veterans that we house today that, that we've been working on for two years trying to get him comfortable enough to be able to take the step to, to, to even go look at the housing and, and then mm-hmm. get him in. And, and it was so, so powerful and so touching. He just, he started crying because he has not ever been in a place that he could call his. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it, it took so long. And I said, well, this is just, you know, you were in Vietnam. It took us a long time, but this is just our way of saying thank you, of paying mm-hmm. you back. Because he, he didn't want it. I mean, he didn't want charity. He didn't want that. You know, it's yeah. all it is is a thank you. We're speaking with Ken Leslie, founder of Veterans Manor, and uh, they're doing an 1111 at 7 fundraiser nationwide to benefit homeless people. And locally here in Toledo, uh, they're going to be at the Con Weisenberger American Legion Hall over on Alexis Road uh, next Wednesday at 7. What can we do to help? Can uh, You're looking for people to donate stuff for the silent auction? Sure. Um, sure. Come on out. I mean, that's the big thing. Come on out and and, and, and represent. Uh, you'll have plenty of opportunities to donate to give, and it all goes to get veterans housed. I mean, we've created this program so efficiently. Our, I own a business. I'm a CEO of an executive search firm, mm-hmm. and we donate the, the admin costs, et cetera, and the overhead, right? Okay. So, so we've got it now where 18% of the money that comes in has to pay the program costs, you know, the banks, the accountants, all those kinds of things. So that means that, that the rest of the money actually goes to deposits. I wanted to create something that I'd want to donate to. Mm-hmm. And this is so efficient and so good that we set up. So we want people to donate as much as you can. We have this 49,000 out there. Our goal is to house another 2000 and, and, and with the exchange club and over the next year. And that's about one and a half million to be able to do that. So anything that anybody can contribute to do that. The war bonds are really cool. You buy them in honor of a veteran, any veteran, mm-hmm. and and you're honored by them. It's suitable for aiming. They're beautiful. They're huge, and they're, they'll be really nice. So, I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities that people have. Now, I, I assume that people can donate whatever they want to donate. Absolutely. So it's not, you know, for a war bond, it's not 100 bucks or 500 bucks. It's right. whatever one whatever somebody wants to right, to pay right, to right, support it. Right. And, and you know, we, we look forward to making one for a half a million dollars <laughs> and we gladly will. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody can. Yeah, and that know, will, that will be this. made out of some sort of metal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we'll, we'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, give us some numbers. I mean, uh, who have you, uh, who's been involved? How, how do you raise the money? I mean, Toledo yeah. is one of those communities. It's, it's, it's classically Midwestern and big hearts, and people support things like this. So. Absolutely. You know, locally it started because of uh, uh, ProMedica saying, yeah, we want to we want to give you the money to be able to start this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Veterans Services Commission, their their mission is to help veterans. And they found a way to be able to have a high value impact. And so they've, they've helped us house uh, uh, probably 100 just by themselves. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And but people are hearing about it. We've raised a little over 600,000 and most of it's just, uh, you know, people hearing about it want to get involved. We had a uh, one man, Steve Bow, who heard on WSPD, uh, was listening and heard about this. And uh, his company called, and, and uh, they're out of Ann Arbor, uh, Jordan Reese's. 
And to date, they've given this year 130000 to be able to house veterans in several states. And because Excellent. he cares about veterans and their company cares about veterans and they put their money where their mouth is. You know, I, I think there's a tremendous amount of support out there. And, you know, like you said, I mean, homelessness, the, the thought occurred to me that some of these veterans probably had it better on the battlefield. Than they oh, do on our sidewalks. You know, I've never thought of it, but I think you're right. I you know, absolutely think you're right. You, you think? I mean, they're probably not getting shot at too much on right. sidewalks, but yeah, I never you know, when it comes it to way. housing and food and and health care and and water yeah, and really that good. kind of stuff, you that, know, that's really good. I've yeah. never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Feel free to use that. I think I will. I mean, really, <laughs> it points it out really, really well. You know, we've said that they've been abandoned uh, uh, on the streets, you know, which, you know, we work pretty fast. We create an online cloud-based system. So the VA, like in Houston, mm-hmm. when they get a veteran ready to get housed, they go online, they order the referral for the uh, deposit. They put the landlord's name in, the veteran's name, and that's pretty much it because we trust the VA. Sure. Right there. I mean, the social workers are there to help the veterans. So so we don't need to do a lot of you know double, triple, quadruple checking. They hit send. All conforming uh, deposits are approved in minutes. And we email back the landlord because we have all those celebrities helping. A lot of the landlords will let the veteran in immediately. And then we mail the check the same day. So it's really efficient, really clean, really fast. And, it, and, and what we call black ops speed. Well, and, and you know, the money is going where it's supposed to go. Absolutely. Not that we don't trust veterans, but, you know. Well, no, Some people beings. have had a hard time. Human and, beings. Yeah. I mean, you know, veteran, non-veteran, businessman, you know. Priorities change <laughs> yeah, through, through yeah. the day, you know. Yeah. Real quick. Lawyers. Oh, real sorry. quick. <laughs> Can I say that on the radio? <laughs> uh, no, we got to dump that. Um, real quick, because we got about a minute left. Um, uh, we, we, we often hear about homelessness and mental illness. Is is, is Mental issues uh, a big concern for all of these homeless veterans. Um, for for a lot, but but not you know forty percent of the people that we've housed now are are because of employment reasons, jobs, and okay. and so I mean that was the the economy that caused all this. this. Is one guy, a friend of mine now, in Indiana, he was a steel man and and uh, did rigging on the uh, for a lot of the artists that actually support the program. Mm-hmm. And when the economy tanked, he lost the jobs, <laughs> and he ended up homeless. And now he's back rigging. He sent me a picture the other day. He goes, "The view from my office." And scaffolding, like one of those things, looking mm. at over Notre Dame. I mean, it's just incredible. It's Excellent. just, yeah. So he's back at it, and that's that's who they are. Excellent. Well, we're going to uh, keep talking about this, both between now and Veterans Day, and, and we'll talk after Veterans Day. I want to have you back and see how it went. Sure, uh, love let, to. It's, uh, how long will it be before you get numbers? Probably not very long before mm-hmm. you know what's what's going on. You know, and, they're kicking off the year-long campaign, so it's just starting that night, and, okay. and we'll... Uh, We'll keep you updated. We really appreciate the support. We've been talking with Ken Leslie, founder of One Matters and Veterans Matters, about their program coming up this Veterans Day. Up next, we all need a bag of McDonald's French fries that cost $166 a bag. Don't you think? We'll talk about that next. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. Back to An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. You know, for my whole life, I've always said that McDonald's fries are the best fries. Absolutely the best fries. Now, several years ago, they changed their oil. Uh, That changed the flavor a little bit. Um, Not necessarily for the better. And I haven't eaten, I'll be honest with you, I haven't eaten fries in a 
in a long, long time for a multitude of reasons. But if uh, you really love McDonald's fries, you really got to make that distinction if you live in Venezuela. For the last 10 months, McDonald's hasn't been selling French fries in Venezuela. So apparently you can get Big Macs or whatever there, but you can't get fries. Well, they just brought them back. Brought them back. And, uh, you know, Venezuela, we've talked about them a lot over the uh, the last several months. And they got their problems down there. They got uh, real leadership issues. It, it is uh, just a, an absolute tyranny down there with their leadership. But with the exchange rate into dollars. Now, they use a, a currency called the boulevard. And uh, if, if you take the amount of boulevards it takes to buy a uh, large French fry from McDonald's, uh, it translates into 166 American dollars. 166 dollars French fries. And, you know, I really like French fries. Uh, and I can probably afford 166 bucks, but I doubt I would spend that kind of money on French fries. Now, granted, it's the worst exchange rate in the country. If I were to go on the black market and exchange boulevards for dollars, I could probably get those fries for less than two bucks. But I'm taking a risk because exchanging boulevards on the black market for dollars uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, that carries a pretty hefty, hefty uh, penalty from the government in Venezuela to the tune of, uh, you may just disappear and your family never see you again. And that's, that's a high price for French fries. Now we have seen, we've been observing Venezuela's economy for a while. And for the last oh, year or so, They've stopped giving us numbers. They don't release any economic data, even the most basic economic data. So we don't know what their GDP is, their gross domestic product. We don't know what the inflation numbers are. We, we, we just don't know. They're not telling us. But we know they're in bad, bad shape. There's an economist that uh, studies Venezuela. He came up with the Venezuela Screwed Up Index. Uh, just to track how screwed up they are. Now, Venezuela generates 96% of its foreign income from selling crude oil. You and I have all seen, we've seen what's happened to crude oil the last year or so. So went from $110 a barrel to around $45 a barrel. So they've lost better than 50% of their export revenue and is projected to contract another 10% this year. So that being said, whatever their GDP is, their GDP is going to contract another 20% or so. I got to believe they're in, they're in deep, deep negative recessionary numbers for their economy, maybe even depressionary numbers. The inflation there, you can kind of determine that based on the exchange rate for dollars over boulevards. You and I have both seen the videos on the Internet. We've read the stories. They don't have anything. 
They don't have anything. They show their their grocery stores and all the shelves are empty. And, of course, the big news, I mean, you, you always got to talk about products that, that hit you close to home. And that is, they don't have toilet paper. They don't have basic food. They don't have meat. I mean, this is this is uh, like Weimar Republic in the 20s in Germany. So, so we don't really know how bad Venezuela uh, economy is right now. But it gives you a good indication if a bag of McDonald's french fries is 166 bucks at the official exchange rate for boulevards. Being said, maybe, maybe Venezuela can get into the latest trend, and you have to be aware of this because they might sneak it into your life. The latest trend is a terrific source of protein that's very inexpensive. Yeah, that's right. Some nutcase is making protein bars out of uh, ground-up insects. And more than 80% of the world's nations already eat insects in some form or another. They don't tell you what percentage of those people eating insects actually know they're eating insects. I mean, you're... Your canned soup. Somebody told me the other day, baby food has a certain percentage of insects to it. Human consumption of insects as food uh, has its own word. Entomophagy. Entomophagy. Yeah, that sounds a lot better than eating bugs, doesn't it? But that's one of those things that in America especially, that's just not something that the market is going to buy into. I remember seeing, in the last year probably, an episode of Shark Tank where some guy was uh, creating a business around flour, flour made from ground-up crickets. And he had this huge warehouse where he raised crickets for the purpose of making flour. And I forget what he called it. Uh, it was it was some... some uh, some name that you wouldn't guess it was made out of crickets. But you're going to see more and more of that <clears throat> coming in because, you know, the environmentalists, they don't want us to eat cows. Uh, they want us to eat steak. Uh, the World Health Organization came out last week, didn't want you to eat bacon or salami or any processed meats like that. Uh, of course, they're all smarter than you and I are, and, and uh, uh, we don't know uh, what's good for us. So they're going to tell us. And uh, they, they'll get this this insect protein crap uh, on the market. They'll get it in school lunches. They'll they'll get it in somewhere where we're going to end up uh, participating in it and and uh, and eating the stuff. But be aware of what you're eating. I've always been somewhat of a label reader, just so I know what's in it. But I'm really going to look at some of this stuff now. I'm a big protein guy. I like eating protein. Uh, helps keep the uh, weight off, but I'm not going to eat bugs or mealworms or any of that kind of crap. Um, I'll take my chances with uh, with the other forms of protein before I'll eat uh, eat that stuff. You know, and they're calling it natural organic ingredients. Yeah, no kidding. No, no preservatives. Yeah, no kidding. Ah, uh, can't handle it. I would rather pay 166 bucks for French fries. At least we're going to go out with flavor, right? 
I want you to have a great day. Be an individual. Be self-reliant. Be an economy of one. I'm Gary Rathman. We'll see you next time. This is our country. The views expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. Listeners should consult their own financial advisors or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. Private Wealth Consultants is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.